In each episode of the Rebel Educator podcast, you'll hear discussions with world-class educators, students, and thought leaders in education as I extract the tactics, tools, and routines that you can use as teachers and parents. I'm Tanya Sheckley, founder of Up Academy and host of Rebel Educator. I invite you to join me for these conversations as I discover how to shift the classroom, the learning environment, the mindset, and the pedagogy to resist tradition, reignite wonder, and reimagine the future of education. Subscribe to Rebel Educator wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Lightspeed Systems, dedicated to supporting K-12 online education. Their narrow market focus has allowed them to design innovative solutions that fit the specific and growing needs of school districts. Their unparalleled expertise in K-12 has helped them develop the most up-to-date enterprise class software that is easy to implement and even easier to use. Lightspeed products filter student and staff internet access, look for warning signs in student online activity, manage software across every district device, and give administrators the data they need to make effective decisions about the quality and efficiency of their students' online educational experience. Lightspeed Systems is a trusted partner to tens of thousands of schools. You're listening to The EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. Welcome back to the EduTech guys. We're excited to have our next guest in the seat. We're going to let them tell us who they are, what they do, and all that kind of good stuff. So here we go. Hi, thanks for having us. Um, I'm Amanda Sutter. I am the vice president of product management for Lightspeed Systems. Um, and really what I do, um, my team and I really work to build and execute our portfolio roadmap. So we're just working to make sure we're on top of what's happening in the market and what's top of mind for our clients. Um, really, like we like to say, we're client obsessed. So we work to have as many touch points with clients as we can, um, doing interviews and focus groups, design discovery, all those great things. Um, and also doing our own research around trends, changes in laws that impact ed tech um, ultimately just really wanting to be innovative, solve problems and help make our clients jobs easier. So working to make sure we're doing, you know, the right things and the things that are going to be, um, the best experience and most valuable to the clients. Cool. Great. And I'm Claire Marino. I'm the other, other guest from Lightspeed Systems today. Um, I'm the head of product marketing. So what I do day to day is really kind of talk to clients, um, see how they're using our solutions to make their districts better, share that information across like districts so that we can share best practices. Also make sure that they know what the latest and greatest are. What are the new features? What are the new products they need to know so that, you know, they're using the solutions to the, to the best um, possible way to help their districts. So, you know, working with uh, you know, teachers that are using some of our products in the classroom, but mainly ed tech teams. So, you know, all, everyone within that network admins, um, you know, data privacy people, um, and of course, like technology managers and leaders. So, yeah, that's what we do on my team. So before we get too far off into the weeds in our conversation, because who knows where we're going to go, let's real quickly, can you kind of sum up what does Lightspeed do when you talk about your clients, you talk about your teachers, talk about your tech folks, what does Lightspeed offer to schools uh, in order to benefit their technology needs? Yeah, I think origin story. That's what okay. I mean, so. Yeah. Okay. Want, I can take that one if you want. Okay. Take it on. 
Okay. Um, yeah. So Lightspeed has been around for over 20 years. Um, and sometimes when people think of Lightspeed, they think of a filtering product that you know allows districts to manage students' internet usage and, and their policies. And we do do that. We're experts in that space, but we do a lot more. Um, so from filtering and device management, you know, to solutions in the safety and wellness space, um, we've got classroom tools that help teachers manage their classrooms um, and give them visibility into student activity on their devices. Um, we have an alert product that identifies at-risk student behavior. Um, and then one of the most recent additions to our portfolio is an analytics product, um, Digital Insight, which uh, really gives a comprehensive view of district-wide app usage. Um, and engagement with those apps. And it provides tools for managing you know, app approvals and licenses, as well as privacy policies. Um, and then within that product, we've recently released a new module, um, Digital Equity, which I think we'll talk a little bit more about today. Um, but that gives schools you know, a way to identify some, you know, poor or no internet connection. So lots of great products and features in our portfolio. And we've got new things being added all the time, um, features that bring new value to products and things that tap into market trends like AI. Um, so always exciting things being developed and, and delivered. Well, okay. uh, well, I was just going to say, and, and you probably just sort of touched on this uh, kind of what it, I came with, I call it bearing the lead or whatever. Uh, so <laughs> the question I have though, uh, as, as we've been you know talking so far, I'm kind of curious as to what are some of the the trends and or changes that you've seen, especially um, like, let's say, right before pandemic into the pandemic. And now that we're several years after the, the shutdown, what are some of the things that you've seen uh, run kind of the gamut and where things are appear to be going uh, in terms of the services that you guys offer? Yeah, I mean, I think um, obviously with the, you know, the, the the pandemic and the move to remote learning, there was, you know, we see that pre the device to student ratio was obviously under one to one. Now, as we all know, it is one to one in most districts and potentially more more than one to one in some districts. And so, you know, that has just been something um, which has been really important for our clients, because obviously we we protect like all all devices. So, you know, whether it's um, Chromebook, an iPad, uh, uh, Windows, um, laptop, and making sure that all of those devices are protected, not just in the school when they're used, but also at home. And so that's one of the things that we see as emerging trends. And also, you know, the parental community visibility into that. So kids are taking their devices home. And so parents, you know, want to be able to make sure that they have some tools to control that, you know, school issued device when it's at home. And so just making sure that we're keeping up on some of those needs from our um, our district partners, you know, so that they can make sure that they can do that in an effective way. The other thing is just, I think, which you guys probably experience, um, but just lack of time, um, teacher shortages, like just staff shortages. So, you know, we do obviously, like Amanda said, her team is doing research all the time. And that's been a huge thing that we've heard in mental health teams that use our Lightspeed Alert product in the IT teams that are like, we're managing policies and we're supporting parents. Um, uh, we're, you know, supporting students and teachers. And we just, we don't have enough time. We get into the office and and our day that we thought it just got blown up and we have all these other things coming in and um, we're having trouble keeping staff. And so just, you know, making sure that, 
you know, helping those teams that are under resourced and understaffed to be able to do things more effectively. That's been a big thing for us. And then I would say like, even in the past year, you know, we have these districts advisory councils where we just get our, you know, districts together um, and talk about what's happening and they kind of can share best practices and share things they're seeing um, happen within their districts. Um, and I think, you know, even in from January until May, you know, there were certain conversations that just ramped up one um, around student mental health and like technology being a part of that solution has kind of gained increased traction as far as like, you know, we need to make sure that we're not just using, you know, mental health supports and student supports, but also somehow using technology to help us enable our teams and, and be able to deal with the workload. And then the other is just around AI and student data privacy. Like, I feel like student data privacy has been important for a long time, but it's just gotten so much more important post pandemic, um, especially with. And so a lot of our clients, they went from like having all of, you know, onboarding tons of learning apps and resources. Sources, and now they're in that cooling period of like, okay, we need to really tighten our app management. And, you know, the first gate is data privacy and policies. And so they're kind of looking at that process and evaluating it. And there's some really great best practices out there, but that's definitely a process that we see all, almost all of our districts going through. So along that line, you know, we talk about so many apps and, and when the pandemic hit, we shut down. It was just app after app after app after app. And I don't think anyone was ready for uh, the compliance issues, the security issues that we all hit, especially when it comes to student privacy. And it came to student privacy away from school. Every school was like, okay, we've got our firewall locked down. And then it was like, now they're all going home and they're taking this Chromebook with them. And uh, what do we do at this point? Um, out of that, I, I know a lot changed. Uh, I would say your, your company, especially for you guys, it was like feast time because it was like, okay, we have all of this coming in. It's changing the whole way we do things. And it's, and now it's even more, it was funny. You said, you know, it was one-to-one -one all of a sudden. Well, now um, I can tell you some district, this guy, um, uh, you know, I've got Chromebooks and carts. I've got Chromebooks going home. So kids actually mm -hmm. have two, you know, I mean, I've got Chromebooks everywhere, iPads coming out of my ears, and that's a really big deal. So what I'm getting at is, yes, parents want to know what their kids are doing. The biggest one was teachers. How do I handle all these groups of kids, these classrooms of kids? Um, I, I want to speak to that because right now that's the biggest thing is to get our teachers on board because they're overwhelmed in the classroom. Let's talk about real quick what Lightspeed does for the classroom aspect, for the teacher, in class, out of class, at home, over the weekend, holidays, the summer, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, Amanda, do you want to jump into that? Sure. I mean, I think there's there's a number of different things that we do, right? And we've got um, a product really specifically for classroom teachers, our classroom management solution um, that gives teachers the ability, right? You've got all these kids in the class. Now they are looking at a screen and you're looking at, you know, the back of somebody's laptop or Chromebook and you can't tell what they're doing. You know, it's moved away from pen and paper. Um, so the classroom management product really allows them to see 
see in real time what those kids are doing and kind of make sure that they're on task. Um, make sure that they're not going to sites that they shouldn't be going to. They can set, you know, web rules around what they're able to access. They can restrict it to specific sites if they want, you know, you really need to focus on reading these articles on this page, or if they're, you know, opening it up, letting them do more research, but just want to have some guardrails and visibility there. They've got the ability to do that. Um, so that's a great product. We just recently completely redid the UI there and, you know, added some new features there just to make that, you know, an even better experience and even easier for teachers. Um, on our digital insight product as well, um, that's a place where we have the ability for um, apps to be requested. So the district can really manage, you know, what are the approved applications that we're using and see, you know, here's all the stuff that's in use here's what's approved and what's not approved, you know, and if you've got, you know, trying to get everybody to use this IXL app for math, but you've got five other rogue apps that are being used, you know, you can really take a look at like, what, where's the usage really happening and hone in on that and say, okay, like, let's, let's stop paying for this thing because it's not being used or let's, you know, shut down this usage that we don't want to be happening. Um, and then this is kind of a, a lead into digital equity as well, but that's a new module that we added in that analytics product as well. And it gives um, schools the ability to see real time, um, you know, report at an aggregate and an individual student level of who has um, no internet or poor internet connectivity. You can set it to see both in school, but predominantly the use cases out of school. So you can really see now that we're, you know, assigning things and homework is being done and submitted online. Um, and we haven't had that visibility before into, you know, what's happening when students take the devices home. This is a product that gives you that and lets you see, okay, you know, this kid is struggling. They're not able to access the internet or, you know, they've got a poor connection. We can see, you know, how many people are sharing the IP address, the things that are contributing to that experience. And then the school, you know, can and think about ways to, you know, help mitigate that. Well, I know, I'm not sure how it's, how, how things are getting rolled out in other states, but in Arkansas, um, part of the, the, the process of, um, taking data similar to what you're collecting and analyzing that data and figuring out, okay, how do we get internet access to, and in, again, in the state of Arkansas, they're actually applying it to everyone in the state. Uh, there's a, an Arkansas broadband initiative that has been slowly been rolling out. Uh, and I, if I remember correctly, I think the, uh, the, the cutoff is uh, 20, 28, I think is when it's going to, it's a kind of officially everything is supposed to be done by then. Um, but primarily the, the conversation started with students having limited access to internet outside of the school building. I mean, I can remember when uh, one of the big conversations, uh, when we first um, shut down and even when we were coming back to you know, trying to figure out what quote unquote, the new normal was going to be, um, that it, it, one of the things they were looking at was, okay, when the students take their devices home, what do they have access to? Uh, and, and a lot of that in, in, in those days, honestly, was just, you know, either pen and paper form because they didn't have internet access at home or was some kind of a Google form or what have you. It was very, uh, and it was all very self-reporting. Um, you mm -hmm. know, I had 
I had to say what my internet was like, and that's very yeah. subjective, right? I mean, I am an edutech guy, so my internet at home is awful. Yes, I know it is better than a lot of the people around me, but from my perspective, you know, it's no good at all. So I'm going to report, nope, my internet stinks, you know, even yeah. though it is better than some of the people around. And of course, there were a lot of students who had no internet and we were setting up, you know, we were giving out jetpacks and hotspots and we were setting up Wi-Fi, you know, anywhere and everywhere that you could Buses. stick a tower. Yeah. On, you know, yeah. And, 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 and looking back now, some of it just seems a little ludicrous. I mean, you know, we, we, we would have internet access provided by a bus that would drive up into the middle of town and the students all had to leave their house, come to this bus in order to do their schoolwork to turn around and go home again. In the meantime, you know, you have these families who are now displaced because of that. And so where I'm going with all of this is it's, it's nice to see that there's a program in place. There's a process in place that is helping automate that collection side of things so that it's not so subjective. You know, here's the, here's the data and here's how you analyze it. Absolutely. I, I will just add that that's one of the like key pieces of feedback that we heard with, you know, when we were taking this idea and trying to assess the market need was there really wasn't a good way for schools to know this. And, you know, we heard people say that they used to make assumptions, you know, based on like, free and reduced lunch. And then that went away, right? During COVID with like universal free lunch and parents stopped filling out that paperwork. So you lose that insight. And then a lot of them are yeah, relying on surveys, which subjective or you just don't get good response rates. And even when you do, it's just a point in time, right? And that can change, so. Yeah, exactly. So along that same line, let's, in the equity part, let's talk about safety, but let's talk about wellness. That's a big one. Um, we're having a, I don't know, is it, it's not a revolution. It's a, it's an interesting movement right now in the country. It's, it's always been there, but right now I think the pandemic brought it on and we realized that everyone's mental health is very important, especially mine, because I'm losing it all the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's a really interesting place that we are now. And you guys are using AI to actually monitor some of this and find this now. Is, is, is that correct? Am I jumping on the right ship there? Nope. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Claire, did you want to touch on some of the, the AI? Sure. I mean, you're right. So we've been using, you know, AI and machine learning to be able to sift through all of the information that, you know, all the student behavior and digital, their digital world, like what, what are they doing online? And then uh, picking up signals of, you know, concerning behavior, whether it's self-harm, whether it's, you know, potential violence to themselves or others, or, you know, now drugs. Um, there's a lot of different um, kind of categories that the you know, we've been training these AI models on to be, to be, to be signaling. And I think, um, so, so that, you know, th this is different than like the gen AI conversation, right? This is like the right. machine learning, artificial intelligence, right. just being able to go through so much more data in an mm -hmm. efficient way. Um, so yes, we've been using that for our Lightspeed Alert product. And we also couple that with like a, the human side. So we have a group of safety specialists that um, then kind of go through those alerts at different, I mean, there's different, you know, each district is gonna set it up differently, but mm -hmm. they, um, they kind of are the human uh, review of that to make sure like, okay, 
this isn't something that they should be really concerned about. This is something they should be really concerned about. So it's kind of like that combination of um, using the technology, the artificial intelligence technology to flag, but then using the humans to be able to vet and make sure that um, the right um, the right issues are brought to the district um, and escalated for the fastest resolution. So we kind of use that combination and then the districts decide how they want and what types of alerts they need. Um, Cause we know their teams are over, overstaffed. I mean, not overstaffed. We wish they were overstaffed, understaffed. Um, and so having like that team, that's kind of like looking behind their back and helping them, especially when they're out of, you know, they need to take a break in the evening also, but that team is there to, to be like monitoring and making sure if some critical um, situation arrives, is that they will get to the right person at the district so they can intervene. Um, so yes, we have been using it for um, a long time in that capacity. And then recently with like this rise of, you know, uh, AI in education from like a generative apps perspective, we started Amanda's team, like as we saw that become really important in those district, like in those conversations we had with our district partners, they kept bringing that up. And, and Amanda's team has been working to start surfacing insights and um, we've been creating um, more more features for them to monitor and detect AI usage and determine how they're going to uh, what policies they're going to enact. Um, you know, most, most schools aren't blocking, but some were initially blocking certain um, AI apps, especially the generative AI apps. And then, um, but just being able to give that information and give them the flexibility to manage and monitor that um, in a more, in a more um, granular way so that they can make good decisions and see what's happening across their district, across grade levels, you know, who's using chat GPT, is it high school? What, you know what I mean? They can see all that through our tools and then make better decisions. So I have a question. I'm going to jump back one real quick because I jumped yeah. into the whole student wellness thing, you know, without. Okay. Explaining. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> no, that's cool. So, I want to know when it comes to student wellness, the reason I'm asking is we're, we're dealing with something in our district that we haven't seen before. Um, you know, we're seeing a, a lot of mental health issues that are turning into violent acts and things like that, you know, among students. But the interesting part is that the students seem to be the most concerned about it. So the, I, I think I was getting to, what are you guys seeing? And, and if, if I'm off base and, you know, like, we don't know, that's a great question, but um, what do you think? Who seems to, to, to ex expect it and appreciate it more, the students, the parents, um, the educators. Have you have you noticed? Are you guys seeing? I mean, I know you eventually will see more data on that, but are you seeing any data on that now? Like, yeah, the students are using this, and they, you know, they they appreciate this feedback, or it's the educators, it's the parents, because I know the parents have an ability in their app to do the same thing. So I was wondering if you guys seeing anything along that line. Mm -hmm. That's a hard one, isn't it? So, so you're talking about in terms of the, of the, the use service to students, or yeah, like like are the districts saying, hey, this is a real big piece of your product that we like? Is this is this one of the bigger pieces of the product that they like? Is it a great selling point? What's there? You go. What's their favorite piece? No. <laughs> what's the favorite product? What's what's the favorite flavor? See, to me, it's for yeah. us right now. That's a big one. It's like student wellness because you know the other stuff is great because it's phenomenal but the student wellness part is a really cool part to this 
I think, you know, more and more we're just hearing and like, we're taking the perspective too of that like whole student. And so Mm -hmm. we had products that, you know, kind of do individual things and might serve, you know, specific personas. Um, And that tells you like part of the story, right? Like, what are they trying to do here? What are they doing in this classroom? Um, But what we're hearing and what we're trying to do is like, pull all of those pieces together, you know, do more like product integrations, surface things that are happening in the classroom and connect those to, you know, the activity that's happening at home, you know, on their devices and like things that they, you know, might be searching for that are concerning that are getting raised to our alert team and like being able to pull all those pieces together. So that's something that like we definitely have, you know, an eye on and we're, um, we recently stood up a, a product advisory board, you know, with some of our districts to kind of hear what they're encountering. And, and this is some of the feedback that they've given, right? Same thing. Like we're trying to figure out how to deal with these things in our districts. And then that helps shape, you know, some of the things that we're doing with our products. That really clarified a lot for me. And that, that actually brought up a great question. That's, that was a great answer for my stupid question. Um, <laughs> That was really, no, I mean, it was, I was all over the place, but it's really, so it's really funny. Um, we don't want students using social media in school, but they're using social media everywhere else. And what you just explained was, Hey, listen, we need to do this so that we can find out better ways to serve the students and prepare them for that. And I think that was a great answer to which I really like the direction that your company's going in that line. That makes more sense. Like, yes, it's time to not just ban social media in the school. It's time to help them learn how to use it to benefit them as, as a whole learner. That makes complete sense. Thank you for explaining that for Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I wanted to uh, go back and talk a little bit about the uh, digital equity uh, piece and, and, more specifically, if you've got uh, maybe an example or or two, but you know, an example of a district that may not have realized what their digital equity situation was until they looked at the data that you were able to provide, and then went, "Oh, we didn't even realize that you know this over here was an issue, and now you know we've got to address it." And then the follow up to that. Have they, you know, did that same place address it or how did they address it once they saw the data kind of you know, in black and white on paper, as it were, digital paper? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great question. And it's, um, I will say that it's a brand new product. So we've just officially released it in the last month. Um, oh. We've got a handful of clients that we've been, you know, working with as, as we've led up to this, you know, that are taking, you know, kind of a first look at it and giving us feedback and looking at the data and we've gotten, you know, great insights from them. Um, you know, they've kind of shared, yeah, like districts have different needs and, um, you know, sometimes they think they know who has issues and then they realize that they, they don't. Um, Mm -hmm. one of the like really interesting things that we heard from one of the districts was that, um, they felt like this will help them kind of like work in the background, um, without, you know, having to have that like stigma of like, you're a student in need, you know, or even like pulling in parents to be like, well, Hey, you know, like, is your internet poor, you know, whatever that they can, they can just see this, you know, at the aggregate and the student level and, 
make decisions for their district um, without, you know, those other obstacles that they've had before, you know, in like a quicker, more seamless manner, um, but also just, you know, there's no kind of face to it, right? Like these are the kids that are experiencing this. These are the kids that aren't. Yeah. And I think, and I think like Amanda said this, it'll be interesting because we, you know, we're in this summer period. So we're, we're working, especially with this group of clients as they ramp back up to school, they're starting to think about what kind of processes are we putting in place so that we can begin to mitigate as we see the data come in and we can see, okay, this group of students is having issues and they can say, all right, it's a device issue. We're going to swap those devices out quickly. Um, or it's a, you know, it's a connectivity issue. Like then maybe we can redeploy hotspots or we get, so they're starting to think about those, um, you know, what kind of processes they can put in place and to help the students, but we're, it's going to be really interesting. We're super excited to kind of work with them as they ramp back into school and see the data kind of really come to life, um, and begin to help solve those problems. And Amanda's team is going to be meeting with them regularly to hear how that here, like how we can support that and how they're, how they're mitigating some of those problems they're encountering with the data. Well, and I will, so on that note to Claire, um, I'll add that there are a number of different like pieces of information that we pull in to kind of complete that picture. So, you know, we started with the broad problem of like internet connectivity, um, but there's so much more that goes into that. So within the report um, and digital equity, they're actually able to see, you know, one, what's the median internet speed, but also what type of device are they on? Who is their internet provider? I mentioned before, you know, about the IP address and like number of users on that. So maybe the internet's okay, but it's overwhelmed by the number of users that are on there. And then we also have, you know, an individual student report that gives you those details that Claire was talking about, about the device. So they can see, you know, maybe there's not enough memory or storage available. And those things are also contributing to how effectively the student can do their work. Well, and I think that is such an important piece um, because a lot of times the students themselves, uh, they're not going to necessarily either a know that their device is underpowered or, you know, doesn't have enough memory or doesn't have enough storage or whatever that case may be, or B uh, they're not necessarily going to report that should they even be aware of it. So even if they are aware of it, there's, you know, they're not necessarily going to come back. Definitely. and go, hey, this, you know, this thing is too slow or this is, you know, they're just going to use what they have for various reasons that, you know, that they're not going to speak up about it. Uh, you know, I, I mean, uh, now I'm old, so I'm going to, this is going to date me a little bit, but uh, you know, back in the day, you know, if I was issued a book and it was missing, you know, pages 352 to 357, I didn't necessarily let the teacher know it was missing those pages. I just kind of went along and hoped, you know, for the best. Right. So to me, this is a very similar situation uh, where, you know, you might have a student who's got this device that's not necessarily up to par for whatever reason, uh, and they're not going to self-report by the same token, the techs may not even be aware of it. So you're able to generate that out, share that information back with the district and the district go, oh, yeah, wow. You know, we we did a we did a massive rollout. Uh, maybe we upgraded the memory and all the machines not long ago. And somehow this one fell through the cracks. There it is in black and white. 
Merry Christmas. It's cute. You thought that parcel of animal skins was a book, but that's. <laughs> it was my slate and rock. Leave so it alone. <laughs> we miss you. We miss you guys at ISTE for about, about the, a, a circus of errors, a comedy of errors that happened for <laughs> was, us and everybody else. a disaster. So um, what, what was the big, uh, for you guys, what's the big draw? What's the big draw when, when Edwin superintendents and board members and teachers and parents come up and they, and they see everything that you guys can do. What's the biggest draw that you find like this attracts teachers, this attracts administrators and this attracts tech guys. Oh, the tech guys love this part. But what's been the biggest one marketing wise? Yeah. I mean, at ISTE, for example, we, we showed off our new user experience for the classroom management um, application. And uh, honestly, teachers just loved it because, you know, it allows them to like drag and drop their student desktops. So, you know, based on their seating map or it, like they can color code and they can um, merge classes. And so it really just, we really tried to make it a much more um, easy and engaging visually user experience. And so they really loved that. We had tons of teachers stopping by the booth, um, checking it out and playing with it. And then also um, we did show some, some new features we're working on there, which they also love. So that was definitely like the teacher draw. And it was, you know, ISTE obviously being such a, such a great show for educators that was a lot of fun um so talking to a lot of our educators there that are using the tool and really excited to to be on this new the new version you know come back to school um and then the other thing i think is really like in the in our analytics tool the 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 kind of one-stop visibility of being able to see all the apps um, in use on your di- at your district, I think that's just always a big eye opener because, um, you know, whether it's like a instructional technology team or the IT team, they have been so used to not being able to have a holistic view of like everything that's running, and so when they start using it and they see, okay, I have you know 550 apps that are somewhere being used either on the device or you know through the network, and And so like, how do I, then I can start, you know, making decisions around all of those things, you know, do, are they, are they all good? Do I need to have data privacy concerns? Um, You know, do I have to change the way that, or focus on different things from a professional development perspective? Like, oh, we spend a lot of money on this application, but we're not getting the, you know, teachers aren't using it the way that we want them to. So how do we change that professional learning um, process or how do we ramp that up? So I feel like that's been a huge, um, uh, a, a big like eye opener for a lot of our, our districts who are just starting to use it and starting to look at that data and just be thinking about all the, the ways they can use it to improve certain things uh, for teachers and for instructional teams. You know, happy teachers, happy administrators, everybody's happy. Yeah, true. Best way to- so, uh, Wait, uh, Amanda, were you going to add oh. something? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I agree. And I, I think that digital insight really has kind of that, that wow factor. Um, but mm-hmm. what we hear, right, is that it saves them money because they're able to look at it and see like what's actually in use. Like, let's stop paying for this. Let's do this instead. And it just streamlines a lot of workflows, like privacy policy monitoring shows you in like, highlighting what's changed so you can be like yep nope okay move on you don't have to scroll through you know 15 pages of text yeah that's beautiful everybody loves a clean dashboard i'm just gonna (laughs) 
So, uh, at ISTE also, what tchotchke was there? Was there flying plush monkeys, uh, t-shirts, pins, stickers? We were uh, ed tech superheroes. So yes, we had capes and hey. masks and nah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We were on the floor, and we saw, it and I was like, "Hey, there goes some superheroes." Yes. Yeah, that's, that's cool. very cool. That's a great. What a great tie-in. Okay, all that said, so <laughs> we're all about the tchotchke. Uh, you know, that, that's that's why we really could. Yes. <laughs> we were gonna bring you a. We were gonna bring you capes, but we just didn't connect hey. at ISTE. So uh, <laughs> next cool. time. We'll catch you. That's right. That's right. We'll catch you. That's right. We'll catch you at one of the acronyms. We actually have our own and suits. You don't want to see us. Work, but we have these extra <laughs> yeah. But um, I tell you what, if uh, our listeners want to find out more, what's the best way they can get in touch with you guys? Yeah. I mean, I would say just visit our website, um, lightspeedsystems.com and also follow us on LinkedIn. You know, we're, we're pushing out, you know, updates and new information, fun blogs to read, things like that. But that's the easiest way. And if you're, if you're a client of ours and you use our solutions, then you probably have a client success manager and they're always there. You can just call them and ask them, you know, Oh, I want to see this new digital equity feature or the new classroom user experience. And they'll hop on a call with you and and share that information um but yeah that's probably the best way awesome um amanda claire thank you very much for coming on the show thank you for having us you've been listening to the edutech guys edutechguys.com This is Ross Romano from The Authority here on the Bee Podcast Network. It's the show where I interview people who know what they're talking about, and no matter your role, we have some recent episodes you won't want to miss. I spoke with Mark Miller, international best-selling author and VP of High Performance Leadership at Chick-fil-A, about his brand new book, Culture Rules. Kate Eberly Walker, CEO of Presence and author of The Good Boss, joined the show, and we've had conversations with Baruti Caffele, Peter DeWitt, Julie Evans, and many more. Join us each week for ideas to address your current pain points, new perspectives from authors you admire, and fresh takes from up-and-coming voices. Subscribe to the Authority Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.